Well, welcome everyone. We are very glad. We're excited Thanks about so this. We've been talking about it for the last week or so. And and uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm Brad, and I am the lead pastor here, and happen to be a boomer. You do? Yeah, I'm old. You're is a baby what I'm boomer. There we go. And uh, this is my sidekick, Jordan, here. He's our online pastor, uh, does an amazing job with all our content and things like that. And you are one of the the many millennial, yes, I can't say it. I'm one of the last millennials. millennials. Of my, you're of my you're actually a young generation, a young millennial. Yep. I was born in 1996, which is was the first cutoff. Then they moved it back to 98, I think. But yeah. it's 96 is the cutoff. But anyway, we share that, like Brad said, because the whole heart behind this podcast is for us to have um, honest conversations from a generational approach, right? Where we can really just talk about some difficult things, but because we have that respect for one another. We're able to have those tough conversations. And I don't think there's ever been a time in the culture that the generations have been so different. Oh, for and sure. And I think that's why um, society, they're just, they're just, a, and there's a lack of respect to some degree. Absolutely. Uh, on, on both ends. Absolutely. From boomers to millennials, millennials to and boomers. that's part of where the divide has come. Exactly. And, yeah. And, but you know, even when I think back when I was growing up, this wasn't talked about. I mean, right. there were some differences between generations, and you you rolled your eyes at, at right. But but because of technology, I think is where Absolutely. you can you can see where the shift has come, and it's a totally different um, culture, if you will, from yep. from these generations to the older generations. Yeah, and we have to deal with that. It's just the yep. way it is. And then I think when you get to Gen Z, I think. I think Gen Z just doesn't like either of our generations. <laughs> so I think we've got the butting heads of it's, us. It's two. crazy, isn't and then it? Gen Z just does stuff so differently because they have never known a time without technology. And 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 Generation Alpha is coming right behind right. them. And it's right. just it's just a crazy, crazy time. And for, right. for us old folks, it is hard for us to understand what is, is going Absolutely. on. So that's what we're yeah. gonna be tackling more and more of uh in in this podcast. Yeah, as we, we want to create this. a safe space because as the church, we are both pastors and we are a church podcast as the church we believe it's so important that we have a safe place to be able to wrestle with difficult things right and so creating a platform where because we both have you know respect for one another and because we both care deeply about our generations but then also reaching other uh, generations uh, the next generation is coming it's up. so important that we create that platform to be able to talk about those things right. so uh susan keys hello welcome to the chat so tonight for the season three kickoff we're going to be talking about that was a bad drum roll. Yeah, it was terrible. Marriage dot 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 question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the topic. Um, so here's the hard for And the, this could be about five podcasts probably, so oh we're not going to get through goodness. anything tonight. No, we're just going to really go on a few rabbit trails and talk about the generational differences in views of marriage, sex before marriage, living together but not married. Um, why would we get married when we act like we're married? That question, divorce differences and generational, the church's idolatry with marriage, get a ring before spring, all of those different things. <laughs> the ring before spring. The I, ring before yeah. spring was a huge thing at AU, at campus, right. and at North Park. Yeah. And so pretty much what we're going to do is we're just going to sh share our hearts. We're going to wrestle with some tough stuff. We're going to talk about some difficult things. And probably laugh along the way. And there you go. Yeah. So, All Brad, right. why don't you share some yeah. stats about marriage? I love this. Some of the, some of the stats here. Um, and, and we talk about this as, as baby boomers view the point of marriage as fidelity. I actually had to look that, that word up. Fidelity. Yeah. I think you're saying it wrong. I think it's fidelity. Fidelity? Because it's infidelity. infidelity. You don't say infidelity. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking maybe I'm thinking of the of the investment okay, for Marissa, fidelity. Hold on. My wife said that was the worst drum roll ever. <laughs> oh, you know, I worked all night on all that, that drum roll. All that. Okay, carry on. So so you know, it's it's about staying together at all costs and things like that. That's basically fidelity. Right. All right. 
faithfulness and exactly. et cetera. Yep. And millennials view the point of marriage as happiness. Yeah. So boomers view the point but, of marriage as fidelity. Yeah. Talk about that just a little bit because I would I would suggest that and maybe that's this is creeped into, but you know, you hear a lot of we're gonna talk about divorce here in a second. You mm-hmm. hear a lot of, of even older boomers and, and Gen Xers saying, Well, I'm just not happy anymore, so sure. I'm gonna quit this and start something else. Sure. Yeah. And for millennials, I actually think it's the same thing with jobs too. Like, well, I want a career in a job that I'm happy in rather than something that just pays the bills. Something that's a faithful, com- huh. committed paycheck. I think it's the same with marriages. Well, like the boomers are like, well, I just want a faithful, something consistent and, marriage. And the millennials and, like, no, I just want to be and, happy. And in our jobs, we say we, we'll stay here. Right. We're not we'll going to leave. We're going to suck it up because, you know, it is paying the bills. Right. But the marriage, it's yeah. And so it's the opposite with the millennials where yeah. they're willing to, uh, you know, they're, they are more willing to find a job that brings them joy and maybe pays less. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times that leads to not having a job. So all that fun stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, so go on. Uh, by 1960, 65% of traditional traditionalists ages 18 to 32 were married, compared to 26% of millennials at the same in, 2013 in 2013 who were married by those same ages. Yeah, and this is one of the biggest differences with marriage. 65% to 23%. Mm-hmm. Is you were saying that it was very uncommon to be 25 and not married. If you were 25 and not married, um, you were probably going to be single the rest of your life. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. Because if you're 25 and married now, like you're getting married young. Like people aren't even thinking about getting kids, having kids until they're 30, and I, 32. And I honestly think there's probably some benefit to that. I don't disagree. Yeah, I think especially with how our culture is set up, um, yeah. and with college and which, debt and stuff, which brings it, which brings us to the next. And see, there's even yep. more debt now with you guys than what it was right, in my right. generation. It's more expensive, exactly. And stuff. Baby boomers divorce much higher of a rate than any other generation. Of course, the other generations, if you're not married, it's hard to divorce. Right, and that's part of the. That's why the stats a little skewed because my generation just isn't getting, getting married. married. We're just living together and sleeping together. Yeah, but we're not. You know, tying the knot. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so my guess is if you would put breakups in there, yes. it would probably even be higher. I agree. But still, nevertheless, it does say something to the getting married young and things like that. I agree. Here's something that blew me away. I think the divorce rates is the most inconsistent thing with the boomer generation because like everything else about baby boomer generation is stick it out. You're going to keep fighting. If the going gets tough, you get going. But to be the highest rated divorce generation blew me away. I didn't know that. I learned yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I do think it's skewed because of that because I would like to see the percentages of the breakups and uh, stuff. Of the breakups and, and how many people are actually married percentage wise. You're going right. to have more, obviously, if you, if you have a lot more are married. Yeah, so. it just blew me away. Here, here's, here's an interesting stat here. In the 1970s, that's when I was in high school. Yeah, back okay? in your day. Back in my day. Mm-hmm. In the 1970s, just 29% of American adults believed that premarital sex among adults was not wrong at all. In other words, what is it? Seventy-one percent said You're just that doing abso- everybody. A- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, premarital sex is, is wrong. Seventy-one yeah. percent would say it was wrong. So twenty-nine percent, nothing wrong with it at all. That number increases to forty-two right. percent in the eighties, forty-nine percent in the two thousands, yeah, and fifty-eight percent between two thousand ten and two thousand twelve. So over half are saying, yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. And my guess is today it's even higher than that. Oh yeah, well that's just from back in twenty twelve. Well, exactly. I was. I, when I was looking at it, it said seventy. It said seventy nine percent didn't view sex, with, or no, seventy nine percent 
of people 18 and older had had sexual relations. Right. And so that's now, just saying. Now, here's, that, here's the one thing I would say. In, in the 70s, just 29% of American adults believed premarital sex among adults was not wrong at all. The other 60% thought it was wrong, but was still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and you would cheer that with me, that your generation just was silently having sex. Exactly. And, right. and knew that it was wrong and wasn't going to tell anybody about it. But now it's just open and, and, right. and, and out there. Craig you know? Wiley shares, you can't be a divorce statistic if you're never married, which well, is exactly. the truth behind my generation. Exactly. And that's part of what we wanted to talk about tonight. We wanted to share all of the data because there is a huge difference in generations. What I've noticed as we are, what I've noticed, especially with my peers and with my groups is that the value of singleness and the value of marriage both have become just kind of meh, just like tossing the winds where like people are living single, just very sexually and people are dating very sexually and people are in marriage, I mean, I've got peers that I know of that have multiple this people. This blew in me away when you said that. Yeah, I've got a friend. I've got I've got friends that I know of. Well, people that I associate with. I won't necessarily call them my friends, but people that I know of that have multiple partners in their relationship, and that's just that's a common thing for moving forward in generations. Yeah, is that um not is it polygamy? Is that what it? I, yes. I mean, well, yeah. let's, let's say it is. It, it's becoming um. A, and I hate and, using and, the word progressive. And open marriage. Yes. Yeah, very it's, open a, it's okay. As long as I. Yeah. And, and that, that honestly, in, in my day and age, would have been unheard of. Right. And it would have been, you know, that right. would have been tabloid type, type of, of deals. Right. You know, it's and just. Part of what we're not going to really be talking about tonight is, you know, homosexuality and all of those things. But those are also becoming much more common. Right. As the younger generations. That's another topic for another day because that's big en enough right. in and of itself. Right. But. Marriage is so different. Purity is so different. Divorce is so different. Faithfulness is so different. Um, and what we want to make clear before we go into the second half of the talk tonight, we're not encouraging you to get married. That's part of the ring before spring. What I've hated about AU right. was it was they would talk about it in it, chapel. It, it, in our age, I'm going to college so I can get my missus degree. Right. You know. And what we're not saying is um like, because part of the pressure of the purity culture has been, well, if you want to have sex, then get married. And I don't think that you should get married just to have sex. You know, I think you need to. And, and I think that's honestly one of the reasons why in, in my generation you do see more divorces and oh, things is because it was it was exactly that is, you know, you are going to get married. If you're going to have sex, you got, you got to get married. Right. If, if someone got pregnant, it, you know, you got married. Really? Absolutely. Interesting. If, if, you know, and I can remember there was a handful probably in the four years that, that I was in high school that in high school. Yeah. People were getting married. We were getting got pregnant and, and okay. would get married. Wow. Yeah. See that's just so different to me because I mean nowadays you've got I'm mean, again another hot topic with abortion and all that. Like that becomes that is such a heavy a heavier considered option. I would be curious if there's that. anybody out there that is a boomer. If if you experience that too, is that something that would just unique, yeah, we've unique, got multiple in the chat. You to me is, is that you know? Do you recall that is that if someone got pregnant in your generation back in high school in yeah. college, it was just a given that they're yeah. they're going to get married. I mean, and was, then Gen X, we've got Susan Keys, Craig Wiley. Let us know because we're not talking about Gen X tonight, right? Um, but when I was looking at the stats and the and the whatnot, because they were just comparing generations millennial to boomer but something they said that was interesting was that gen x uh kids grew up for the first time where their parents could be divorced because a lot of boomers True. grew up in two-parent households with the silent is it silent generation yeah i i'm just thinking back and i'm trying to think of my friends that i ran with 
if you I, knew of anybody. With I don't know parents. of anybody that had, was a come, came from a split family. Yeah, and that is that became started to become more common with Gen X, um, where because so many of their boomer parents started splitting up, right. they would have split families, right, and whatnot. Interesting. Um, Craig Wiley, not a boomer, but that happened in my age group. So Craig Wiley talking about the pregnant thing, if you got pregnant and that's part of the, like the Gen X was a slow transition yeah. over and right. whatnot. Right. Well, here's the question. Oh, Barb says, or get sent off to aunt's house if pregnant. Oh, question that's off. so true. Talk about that. Cause I have no idea what she's talking yeah. about. People. And, and, and again, I heard of this. It didn't happen a lot where I went to school cause we went to a small country school, mm-hmm. but exactly is all of a sudden a girl would disappear. Really, and and they would be. They've done that in shows like before. They, yeah, they, they would go to someplace else to live, so that in the community, you wouldn't know they'd have the it baby would be a shame and they'd come back. Almost. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Was yeah. A, it was a big black mark on you if you were pregnant in high school, or which is so interesting. Early college. You've, you've said that a lot of your generation was just having sex. So yeah. Like, yes. But, and then they would judge people. Like, would you judge each other for having sex? Uh, no, or just it, for getting pregnant. You, you didn't, you know, just for getting pregnant. You didn't want to get caught. Interesting. But you all, and I may be over exaggerating that, but you know, you, because we laugh about this because we play, when we have events at church and things, we, we always argue about playlists on school and on, right, on music, yeah, and, music and things like that. And I'm always trying to play something 70s rock and roll. And, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and, and I never realized it right. until you guys really pointed out that every song is about sex. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. And my generation, everything's about drugs, alcohol, yeah. and you know, stripping down women and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's just <laughs> De- it, demoralizing women. It's just wild. Yeah. Well, okay. So the question that I want to move this on was one to, of those rabbit trails we yeah, talked about getting on. We said we were going to get some rabbit trails. <laughs> Next question. Okay. So the biggest difference that I've seen in our generations is that people don't necessarily get married. And not because they're choosing to stay single, which there's some of my peers do that, but because they're living together, but just not married. They're paying bills together, but they're just not married. They're having sex, but they're just not like why. And they asked, they've asked me the question and some of my friends that I've, you know, pushed back on them on, well, why would we get married if we're right. li- if we're living like we're married? Right. And that's not the case for your generation. No. We saw that. Right. What are some of your thoughts on how my generation's done that? And as you've seen that in culture today, you know, I, I think, I think my generation looks at it as a lack of commitment. Mm. And then we blame you millennials for, well, you know, you have that in every, every part of your life. You right. don't commit to a job. You don't commit to work. You don't mm-hmm. commit to marriages. You don't commit. So there's no commitment right. level whatsoever. Right. And so I think, I think uh, from our standpoint, one is we got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. But there, again, there's some, there's some truth to that also. Sure. But I think even coming from us being pastors from a, a biblical st- standpoint, I think there's, there's some important things that we've got to talk about and notice that. And we were in a conversation one time with someone and we talked about infidelity. We talked, mm-hmm. see, I said it right that time. You did. Infidelity uh, is what you said I wouldn't earlier. have said it. I wouldn't <laughs> have said it that way. Uh, infidelity. And we, and we were talking and you gave this explanation of purity and, mm-hmm. and, um, the closeness of the int- intimacy yes. is what I'm looking at. So I would love to hear you talk and maybe, yeah. Uh, about that a little bit, because I th- I remember after that meeting coming to you and saying, "Man, we have got to preach this sometime." Right. Yeah. So sex is one of my, like that's one of my passionate topics. I know that sounds so weird. It does sound, but it weird. just means like I, I we we could not honestly we could not have had this discussion in my generation. Really? If you would have talked about that, you would have so you would have been X rated. That's and, so crazy to me, Bruce. Would you have done that in, <laughs> Brent, in, in your generation? <laughs> 
It was good. Bruce said Gen X was getting worse. Yeah. But okay. Um so so yeah, so anyway, purity to me and this is and one of the reasons is because I believe that sex can not only make or break a relationship, but it can also make or break a person. Like when you're if you're addicted to sex or if you have a sexual lifestyle or if you struggle with pornography, and the reason being is because sex or sexual acts, and Paul says this, is the one sin that's outside the body that affects not just you but directly another person. Absolutely. You are And you, that's why intimacy is so significant. Because when you live a life of sexual impurity, you're not, like Paul says, you're not just sinning against yourself, but you're damaging something permanently. And we don't say that to scare you. Like, don't have sex before marriage because of that. It's just one of those things that it is the consequence for a choice that you've made. Now, again, there is a percentage of people who were victimized and abused, and that's not a choice that they made. Right. But, and, and, and what's unfortunate is the sin of someone else has damaged you as well right forever right so that's why i believe that purity is so stinking important and in our culture today we have gotten so far from intimacy from biblical spiritual intimacy which we're going to define in here in a little bit by reading a few but not reading but talking through a few verses where this can literally ruin your marriage even you can idolize sex within your marriage right if sex needs to be the found if sex needs to be a foundation of your marriage your marriage won't last Correct. what happens if your husband or your wife can no longer physically have sex because of an illness or a disease or an injury or whatnot if that's the foundation of your marriage your marriage is it's gone done. Done. you know right sex is a blessing from god and it provides intimacy, but it is not the source of intimacy. And without understanding that and without having that basis, you could never have true intimacy. Absolutely. And that's why people bounce from place to place to place. Absolutely. And, and, and there's there's a piece of them that is broken on right. the inside that they can never satisfy. Right. And what you have to understand, too, is this is kind of like a jar, like just a jar with you know water or something. Every time you have sex with another soul, again— they talk about two flesh become one. one. You literally are like sharing your cups of water. Okay. And it's not like you just refill your cup up, you know, to go on to the next person. You have a limited supply of intimacy that you can give. Right. Okay. And so then if you go to another soul and you two flesh become one, and that's why so many people, after they continue to have sex with different partners or continue to watch porn psychologically, you literally become so limited in your ability to be intimate that everything just becomes numb. It, it, and it, and it, that's why relation, intimate relationships becomes impossible. And it, it, exactly. And it means, it means nothing. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. And that's, that's what's so damaging about sex. And that's why I think sex has been a downfall for churches since the Corinthians back 2,000 years ago. Right. This is not a new problem. No, no, no. No, this has just become a digital problem now. Yes. And that's that's part of why it's so scary. You see pastors, you see worship leaders. If you're, and this comes back to the fidelity, if your marriage bed or your single bed is not kept pure, it will ruin your life, yep. period. And you might not think porn is a damaging drug, but it literally is compared to the addiction of heroin and cocaine. Right. That's how that's how damaging how you, it is. How your brain reacts and things right. like that. Now, that's all depressing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because we live in a culture, and we live. And my guess is there'll be some people listening to this or watching it right now. Yes. That that have stuck in this, and I think I have no hope. 
Yeah, or they've had sex before marriage. Or lots of it with different partners and what have you. And I want you to understand that God can redeem anything. Yes, and I don't want you to feel shame right now. No. Okay, that that's is not, not that's not, that is not, and that's what I want no, to be careful of. Right. You have, we have to understand the dangers of this whole thing. Yes. But it's in, so good. in reality, the reality is, is that yes, God can redeem yeah. that. And that's part of why I think my generation has gone so far the other ways because of shame and purity culture sure. from the church is, um, and really with most things is when, when my generation feels pressured and told you can't do something, we're we going to do it. Do it. <laughs> and we do it to the extreme. Right. And so we want you to know, again, we serve a God of redemption, right. a God of hope. And just because something of your past has been the way it is, doesn't mean it always has to be that way. Right. Um, Craig shared something that was really powerful. Well, Susan Key said the 80s changed everything. Amen. <laughs> and then Craig Wiley said, it's almost like we should have been more graceful and compassionate with those who fell short of the ideal situation, but not throw out the values with the increase in acceptance. That's so good. That, that, hits that, on it, right that is exactly saying. correct. It's the, it's the message of grace and truth. It, it, and, and again, everything is foundation, right. foundational in love. Right. You Absolutely. know, I would say in my generation, that was void of that. It's just, we got mm. rid of, we got rid of of you, if you if mm. you sinned or if you were, were sleeping around or what have you, you mm. were just a bad soul and outcast. So I think Craig is exactly right. Right, and that's what's so important when we talk about marriage, when we talk about purity, when we talk about the culture that we're in, is that we have that understanding that just because you've lived a certain way, okay, and we talk about this in marriage counseling too with different people who are. Um, like my mom, Kim, our next steps pastor, when she's done marriage counseling and she finds out that the couple has, you know, chosen to sleep together, be intimate together, or even live together, she'll challenge them. She won't say, Hey, find another place to live because right. that's very unrealistic in a short time. Right. But what she'll say is sleep in different rooms. That's, that's what I counsel people. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a huge step yes. to say, Hey, you might've made some choices before you can still set your marriage up to succeed exactly. by choosing a life of purity. Saying for this, this is so, I want my relationship based so much on God and His and what He wants for us that I'm going to choose not to have sexual relations until right. we are we are married. Right. I love that. Well, hey, I want to just share four verses. If you're looking to dive deeper into what does Scripture say, these four verses could all be four different topics. <laughs> um, we might talk about these, you know, in different times, but this is how we what we believe is the importance of keeping um, your purity pure. Um, so what do we, what do we believe that God says about marriage? First, Paul says that singleness is better and more rewarding. First Corinthians seven, <laughs> he literally says, I wish you were all, all like single, me. single, yeah. but if you can't, if, if you can't, can't keep it in your pants, honestly, it. that's what it comes down exactly. to. If you can't have, if you have to have sex, right. Okay. Then, then it is better to get married. Okay. Um, but if you are single, there is, there is joy in singleness. Sure. And I think that's hard to hear as a single person. Um, because you're like, oh, marriage people, married people always tell me just be content and stuff. It's okay to want to be married. Okay. There's right. no, nothing wrong in that. Just don't idolize marriage because what I've known is then I know a lot of married people that idolize singleness, you know, True. it goes both ways. It does. Um, so just enjoy the season you're in, yep. grow in the season you're in and then learn from it. Uh, the second one, marriage, we believe marriage is designed to be between one man and one woman. Um, that's found in multiple places throughout scripture. That's a topic, homosexuality. And in and of itself, we believe there's so much love to have for that community, but that's just the stance that we take. Um, and we probably will talk about that as a topic down the road because sure. 
it really is there really isn't enough time right to talk about all these third thing if it all depends on you don't be divorced okay uh, Matthew five, Brad. Do you want to speak on this? Yeah, at all? <laughs> and, and, and that's something because, as, as most anybody knows, and if you're watching this and don't know who we are, uh, uh, Barb and I have both been re- are remarried. We mm-hmm. we have both been divorced, and right. and, and show you how far the church has even come. Mm-hmm. The the church we started going to after we we've been this will be 28 years. I think that's right, Barb. <laughs> <Hope> <laughs> Coming up, 28 years. Anyway, um, the church we went to when we first got married. I wouldn't have been able to serve on a board hmm. or anything in the church because I was divorced. Yeah, and, and here I am, how many years mind. later, leading a church? Right. You know, and and so that's how far we've come. And again, that's the redemption story, and that's what I got right. at heart. But I think you would talk to either myself or Barb, and and we would say, yeah, right. we we sh- we should not have been divorced. Right. I mean, we we understand that that was not God's plan mm-hmm. for either of those marriages to end. Mm-hmm. And so, but God has done an amazing thing in mm-hmm. in a redemption. And so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. turn something out of nothing, brokenness into exactly. beauty, stuff like that. God can turn beauty from exactly. ashes. Yes. It's just one of those things where if it all depends on you, stay Do committed. Do whatever stay consistent. it takes. Yep. Yep. Uh, last thing about that, and then we'll wrap up with some final thoughts. Keep the marriage bed pure. This is Hebrews 13.4. This is what's so important. And not just pure, like don't have affairs physically, don't have affairs emotionally, not that stuff alone but also with pornography and with lusting and with lying and um being emotionally detached from your partner um if we can get this right okay if we can get that part right it will revolutionize your relationship and and your sexual encounters will be at at a, yes. at a level that you've never yep uh, You'll experience you, true intimacy. You cannot believe what true inti- Im- yeah. intimacy does. Especially with porn, like we were talking about with the brains. If porn is a part of your relationship or your singleness, you are going to bring that baggage with you into yep. your marriage. Yep. And it will change the ex- expectations of sex. And, and, and you know, we've talked about this some too, is is a breakdown in this is, is what our enemy wants. Absolutely. Because it's so hard to overcome. Yep. It is an addiction. Yep. Um, and it ruins everything. So it's yep. no wonder that we're under attack with this all the time. Yeah. And it's not because, hey, we're being goody two shoes. It's just better for your relationship yeah. to have that. It's what God had designed a marriage mm-hmm. and relationships to be is this intimate, unbelievable thing. Mm-hmm. And we have ruined it. Yeah. I've messed up sexually. I was addicted to porn for 10 years before I got married. Yeah. I had, uh, I didn't have sex before marriage, but I did about everything you could imagine before marriage. And I can tell you that it, there's a better way to live. Right, exactly. And it is through biblical, spiritual intimacy with your one partner and with God. Yep. So, Brad, why don't you sh- share your final thoughts? I'll share my final thoughts, and then we'll close. And, um, yeah, call it a yeah. night. Man, you know, there, there's so there's much so here. There's so much you there, can close there, with. There is so much here. It, it, and I think just uh, a 30,000-foot view to me is is be intentional. Ooh, I like that. You know, just understand that this is not something to play around with or fool around with. This yeah. is serious. And, and I try to tell all my kids, even when they were dating, at, when they first started dating, is is you date to mate. Yeah. And, and you know, we can argue about that sometime also. Sure. But but it is so serious that, that be intentional with what you're doing and understand. And if you set yourself up in a godly relationship, right. and I've seen people um, on both ends of that, 
and you watch the ones that set up in a godly relationship, and it's, yep. it's amazing the difference mm-hmm. of what they have in a relationship, and you can see it and sense it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so my final thing, and this is something I had wrote down, is if you're single, set yourself up for success by choosing purity, okay? If you're dating, set yourself up for success by choosing purity. If you're married, set yourself up for success by guess what it is? Purity. purity. Yeah. Okay. Whatever stage of life you're in, there's grace, there's hope. Like you said, there's redemption. You don't have to feel shame. No. God does not that use is, shame. That, and I don't think we can emphasize that right. enough because there is grace. And right. that is. That's the heart of this conversation. Exactly. But the truth of the matter is there's a better way. Yep, absolutely. So, hey, well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This was a fun conversation. Thanks for engaging, for tuning in. Uh, we had, you know, 12 people watching the whole time on a tough topic and a, a cool topic, yeah. a good topic. And so we're so glad that you tuned in, that you joined us and whatnot.